direct from Music City. This is live from Nashville. darkness over me Since my true love walked out that door Tears I never cried before Ribbon of darkness over me Clouds gathering over my head They chill the day and hide the sun And shroud the night when day is done Ribbon of darkness over me Rain is falling on the meadow Where once my loving I did lie Now she is gone from the meadow Young as spring Where clouds did bloom And birds did sing Driven in darkness Over me Today by the singer-songwriter um, Carolyn Sills. 
And this is a big day for Carolyn and for her band. And so we're excited to talk about something special that's happening today. All right. So we're going to be visiting with Carolyn in just a little bit on Live from Nashville. And then in the second half of the show, our good friend, Mr. Lance Cowan, is going to be joining us. So we're going to be sharing music from Lance. A lot of people know Lance as one of the finest public relations guys in Nashville, but few people know he's a great singer and songwriter as well. So we're going to be talking with Lance today. But right now, let's take a listen to a great song from Carolyn's brand new CD, On the Draw. This is one called Little Death. We'll be back in just a moment with Carolyn Seals today on Live from Nashville. Looking back, it comes as no surprise. Took you for a joker in a confident sky. Should have known that the circus would come to town. That little death you died. Someone let you down. That little. That is Carolyn Sills, who was our first guest today, and we're excited to introduce her. I I just want to tell you a little bit about Carolyn. Carolyn Sills hails from California and is is the front woman of and a a singer-songwriter, bass player of the Carolyn Sills Combo with her husband, guitarist Gerard Egan as Poi Rogers, I love that name, an old-school Western duo. We are proud to debut her now, her new album, On the Draw, released today on Friday the 13th. Please welcome our special guest, Carolyn Sills. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, Carolyn, how are you? 
Good. I'm not Thanks sure Mary Kay was going to get all that out. I don't know if she's going to get all that out today or not. I'm not sure. But anyway, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great. I didn't want to mess anything up. I I did anyway. Oh, I appreciate that. No, it's so great to be here. Nice to be talking with you both again. Well, it is good to have you back with us. So you've been on the Campfire Cafe show that we do with Bobby Bell many, many times. But this is the very first time for live from Nashville. So welcome to this show. And uh, we're going to have a great time, great time introducing you to our worldwide audience for live from Nashville and sharing some great music from this brand, brand spanking new CD on the draw. Yeah, it is so spanking new. I think it's still burning my fingers when I hold the thing right (laughs) now. Exactly. But uh, anyway, so how did, first of all, let me ask you, how did you come up with the name for the CD on the draw? That's a good question. Um, we we're very song centric, and this album is kind of a you know just nice like collection of of uh, songs we had written, and they drew from personal experiences. Um, a lot of them were kind of portraits of people we'd met over the years. Um, so kind of thinking about all the different themes, you know, we kind of came up with something like a you know we're kind of showing an illustration or a drawing of of experiences we've had in our lives, and that's kind of where we got, I the, got the title for the record. Yeah. I got gotcha. you, and the, and the album cover when they get to take a look at it is uh, is kind of unique for you as well. So it looks like yeah, somebody so, yeah. threw it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so working off of that theme, uh, we met a really wonderful, talented illustrator um, in Europe named Brian Kramer, and uh, he does fantastic drawings of, of many famous artists as well as up and coming artists. And uh, when we told him the concept of the record, he kind of drew this nice portrait of the five of us and and we loved it nothing like seeing yourself in cartoon form <laughs> well it's, it's, kind, it's kind of a cool deal uh, yeah he made me cool taller deal. too which is nice i <laughs> <laughs> guess he did i have to i have to take a look at that a second time yeah so and then when you turn to the back uh the back cover of the album then there's the full color actual picture photograph of uh the carol and sills combo but you guys are so so yeah. talented and uh, well, great, great music, great music on here. So people are going to love getting the uh, CD. But we're going to get to another song right now. And uh, this one is kind of an interesting story behind Sam McGee. Can you share that with mm. our listeners? Oh, I would love to. So hopefully some listeners are aware of the poem, uh, a gentleman named Robert Service, who lived up in the Yukon, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. The story I heard was that he was actually a bank teller um, and, you know, obviously an author at the same time, but that was kind of like his day job. And uh, one day a gentleman came in uh, to get some money out and he put his name on the bank slip and his name was Sam McGee. And that name just kind of stuck with him for a while. And as a songwriter, I I get what that's like. You'll hear a a phrase or a word or something that sticks with you. And uh, you definitely want to one day put it to music or put it to to writing and uh, the story goes he penned this beautiful very haunting scary uh, ghost story called the cremation of sam mcgee um, which as a little girl i grew up with my dad reciting this poem to me many many times i think he had to learn it for boy scouts when he was little um, but it's a great poem and it's funny i mean as we tour around the country and stuff and and play this song i always somebody in the audience says oh i i knew that poem as a kid or my 
father or my grandfather would recite that poem to me. And so it's a it's a scary tale. I mean, it's you know, Sam McGee is in the Yukon and uh, it's almost Christmas and he knows his his time is up and he's a man from Tennessee and he misses the warmth, you know, he, he can't stand the cold, he can't stand the snow, and uh, so he pleads with his friend, it's his final request that, you know, when I die up here, you have to find a way to cremate me, because I cannot, for eternity, just be trapped in snow and ice and be freezing, he's like, I want to be warm again, you know, um, so as someone, you know, myself, who likes alternate perspectives on things, I, I wrote a poem, kind of based on Robert Service's poem, but from the perspective of the main character instead of the narrator who's his friend that's on this gold rush trip with him so so it's a spooky tale um then of course in combo style we put it to a nice you know upbeat minor key sort of tune so it's 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 a fun way to dance and celebrate about cremation and freezing to death so. well it, it's a great song great great song i'm going to get to that in just a second but you Thank have you. just released a video of this song yes which if yes. people have not seen it, and it's just been out, if you have not seen it, you're going to have to take a look at the video. But <laughs> how, did, how did the video come about, and, and where would you get all your, what should we call those things? Heads, I guess. <laughs> Heads, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, being a ghost story and everything happening on Friday the 13th, you know, we wanted to kind of create a, a fitting uh, video for the song. Um, and obviously it would have been too much to go to the Yukon and, and do that all live and in person. So we just tried to create a real scary, you know, campfire, um, you know, Arctic spooky vibe for this song and, uh, and just tell the tale to people. It's a, it's a great poem and we're kind of hoping in addition to people checking our music out, they'll also maybe check out Robert's service and, and, uh, you know, spread his poems to more people out there too. So. All right, well, we're going to listen to Sam McGee, and I'm going to encourage everybody out there, you've got to go to YouTube and look <laughs> at this video. It is phenomenal. Okay. This is Sam McGee. We're talking with Carolyn Sills today on Live from Nashville. <laughs>
Poem. I mean, I, I grew up reading a lot of literature, and um, you know that really has influenced me over the years with my songwriting. So it's nice to be able to share, you know, this if someone hasn't heard the original poem before, and maybe our song gets them into it, you know, then that, that's a success for me. So yeah, I think it's also like a really fun um, Halloween type dance song, like a dance yeah. fun song. Yeah, we need more Halloween songs. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <it's really laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, Carolyn. And yeah. listening to your listening to your new album, um, as as a band, as the um, combo, five you know your five players, as you write the songs and get an album ready, how do you prepare the band for the studio process? Oh, great question. Um, <clears throat> well, we're real fortunate. I mean, all. You know, everyone I play with in our band, everyone's so talented and really brings a lot to the table. Um, and Gerard and I, you know, we usually start with the songs. I mean, I, I do the lyric writing, and typically I'll get an idea in my head for a melody um, or at least just like a feel for, you know, what what kind of song this is going to be. Um, and then Gerard and I will kind of work on it together to kind of, you know, start to bring it to life and get it to be more than just like the bones of a song. Um, but one of my favorite things is just, you know, showing up at a rehearsal with, with the band and playing a song for them for the first time, you know, with Gerard and I would just be bass and guitar and, you know, just like a preliminary vocal line. And, you know, it's rare that we have to give a lot of direction or anything to Charlie and Sunshine and Jimmy. I mean, they, you know, they do so well just coming up with their own parts and um, really playing along and what's best for the song. I love them that about them too. I mean, there's no egos here. Everybody, you know, everyone appreciates and respects the song and, wants to do, you know, what's best to make it, you know, as good as it can be. So um, that's pretty much our process. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, but it, it works for us. You know, we all get together and play through it and come up with ideas. And then, uh, you know, we like to record live in the studio so we can go in and, you know, all set up, all looking at each other and, you know, just really kind of get that live stage kind of vibe, even though we're not playing in front of an audience. So I consider myself really lucky, you know, that I get to play with, with such great folk. Such great players. Yeah, you can yeah. really hear that. Yeah. So that that's fun how you and do you find that your studio production of the song translates over to your live performances like with the solos and the fills do those kind of stay or do, do you see the song develop over time with live performance? Yeah, we I mean we 
you know, when you're in the moment on stage, you know, we, we don't have any rules. Obviously, we'll, you know, if, if the song feels like it needs to, yeah, expand more. You know, the guys will improvise on their solos and that kind of thing. But for the most part, though, I mean, you know, we want the the album to kind of capture, like, this is what, you know, the Carolyn Souls combo sounds like. And if you go see us live, you know, these are the songs you're going to hear. I mean, we don't add a lot of, you know, overdubs or, you know, extra instruments or things that, you know, you wouldn't see in a live performance. So it's, it's a pretty good snapshot of, of what we're really like, you know, in live and in person. I I think audiences really appreciate that. You know, they want, they they appreciate when they hear the, when they go to your live performance, it's really a representation of your recorded music as well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that too. I mean, there's obviously room for, you know, when people do want to make the album like a whole different experience, you know, than the live show might be. Um, but yeah, I think for us, it just kind of works best to, go into the studio and just do our thing, just play like we're playing for a room full of people and, you know, just hope that that translates to, to vinyl and CD and everything else. So, well, I think it's kind of cool that everybody's in the studio together because that doesn't happen that much anymore. That's you know, that's true. Yeah, things have changed. That's true. I mean, I mean, I've never done that. I know a lot of people talk about, you know, they record and, you know, email the track to someone and then they add their thing. And I know that's a definitely a way – music can be made these days, but, you know, we're obviously with our style of music and our instruments and everything else we do, we're a little bit antiquated and we prefer the, the older processes. I like that, that antiquated. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like exactly. That. Yeah, but, and, yeah, and you have a sound, you have a sound that's all your own. So when you yeah. listen to your music, you recognize immediately that that's the Carolyn Sills combo, which I think is extremely well, special. Well, it's yeah. nice to hear. Thank you. Well, yeah, that's what we're hoping welcome. for. I mean, we can only be ourselves, so yeah, hopefully it's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're going to get a little bit of um, the music from the album On the Draw. And this one is called West of West and East of Tokyo. Tell us about this one. Yeah, so that's, that's Tokyo, T-O-K-I-O, Tokyo, Texas, a real small town in West Texas. Uh, so this is a special, real special song. Yeah, we wrote this uh, for the great James Hand. Um, you know, I know you guys are familiar with him, but just a wonderful singer and songwriter and uh, just a, a true treasure, you know, to the cowboy and country music world. Um, he passed away a couple years ago, but before that we got to do a few tours with him in Southern California. Uh, and we actually met him in Austin, thanks to the Ameripolitan Awards. Um, and we got paired up together and, and he was just one of a kind. I mean, to travel with a man like that and all the stories he had to tell about, you know, touring and recording back in the day and just, just stories in general. You know, he wrote from the heart and wrote about people he knew and his experiences. And, um, you know, it was just a real real positive influence on, on us and our songwriting. Uh, but we were hanging out one day, and, and I said, James, this is, remind me, where do you live in Texas again? And he said, honey, I live west of west and east of Tokyo. And, you know, like I said earlier with Sam McGee, I mean, that, that, that phrase, just, I wrote it down on a little piece of paper and stuffed it in my purse and, and it was just kind of bounced around in my head for weeks. And then uh, one day I was just out walking my dog and, and it popped into my head again and this song just kind of came out. Um, so we kind of wrote this as a, as a tribute to James um, and uh, just, you know, cause we're so appreciative of spending that time with him and we did get to play it for him uh, once, you know, on our last tour. Oh, with that's him great. He passed, so he did get to hear the song, and, and he was grateful. And so, yeah, it's just a, a nice special tribute to to an amazing artist and a, a good pal of ours. West of West 
and east of Tokyo. That's Texas, that is. Tokyo, and we are talking with the lovely Miss Carolyn Sills 
today, the leader of the Carolyn Sills Combo. Carolyn? Thank you. That is stinking pretty. I'm telling you what. Oh, thank you. I, I, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, I started to say yeah, I expect he he really loved that song, didn't he? Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I got a little personal. I mean, he was a, a wonderful artist, um, you know, but a, a haunted man. And, you know, he had his demons and he, uh, you know, he, I wanted to paint a song that painted an accurate picture of him. And, and I appreciated that he respected that. So it means a lot. Well, it's a gorgeous song. So you were Thank talking you. about the fact that as you traveled with him, he got to tell you all kinds of stories and tales. And we have a little segment that we do called Road Stories. <laughs> so can you share Can you share with our audience a story from the road? Story from the road. i got to make sure it's appropriate for radio. That's audience. right, yeah. PG. That's right, PG. <laughs> Well, let's see. We have had a couple interesting run-ins with authorities. We're we're very good drivers, but sometimes you're a little late for a show, you know, and you gotta go a little <laughs> yeah. bit faster than you uh, should be, and uh, that's that's gotten us in trouble a couple times. But uh, one time we got pulled over, um, and you know the the gentleman could tell we were a a band or at least a group out doing something, and he was kind of poking around and. Uh, you know, he was talking about how expensive the ticket was going to be. And then he's like, oh, so you're, you guys are in a band? He's like, you have any merch? <laughs> and we're like, uh, yeah, we got we got merch. He's like, what kind of merch you got? He's like, oh, we got, you know, CDs and vinyl and T-shirts. He's like, all right, I'll take a CD, a vinyl, an extra large, and a small for the wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like, all right, sir, you got it, officer. And we went in the back and got him his merch, and then he, he let us go on our way. So that was that was pretty fortunate. That was okay. that was cute. That is cute. That yeah. is cute. Oh, you know, I, but another I time, remember though, Mary. It happened. What's this? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, oh, one other time that happened when we were overseas, and um, – the there was a bit of a language barrier with the gentleman who pulled us over um and he, we said you know we really can't afford a ticket is there any way you can let us go and he said well why don't why don't we go to the atm and we were like i'm sorry he's like let's just go to the atm and he said it a few times and then finally he he pointed to his wallet <laughs> we said oh okay we got to go to the atm <laughs> so uh, we took out some money and handed it to him and he said and then actually i think he asked for a t-shirt as well <laughs> yeah Oh, we're happily on our way. So yeah, uh, we've gotten out of a few jams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pay, pay me off. I'll let you go. Pay me off. I'll yeah, let you I go. Like go to Gosh. Yeah, yeah I, I remember talking talking with Mary Kay, and she'd be traveling to a show or something, and she would tell me, "Oh, I've got. I'm getting pulled over." And I don't know how many times. How many times did you talk yourself out of a ticket, Mary Kay? Um, <laughs> A lot until I moved to Tennessee and now drive a Mercedes. I'm getting less uh, compassion. Yeah, yeah, that won't work as well for you anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, she was on the telephone the other day, and they got her for that. So, anyway, yeah. that was cute. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you just, you know, you meet such interesting people, I think, when, the, when you're out traveling, whether you're a musician performing or uh, – 
people that are hiking or mm-hmm. I, some people, some guys were skateboarding through Tennessee the other day. And I forgot how many thousands of miles they've been skateboarding already. Wow. And they were That's going amazing. down the Natchez Trace Parkway skateboarding, the two guys were. So I think wow. they've been from Mexico and all up toward Canada and back down again. Crazy, crazy stuff. Wow. That's amazing. But you're migrating. People. Yeah, they're migrating. There is a song that you did not write. Now, you've written all the songs that are on the CD except for this one. So tell yes. us, how did you select Roger Miller's <laughs> Oh Delali for the album? Yeah, that's a, it's a random choice. Yeah, so um, uh, maybe you've seen, there's this wonderful Disney uh, animated movie for Robin Hood uh, that was made, I think, in the early 80s, late 70s, something like that. But um I grew up watching that movie, and Sunshine, the singer in our band, grew up watching that movie as well. And uh, Roger Miller did most of the music for that. Um, so as a kid, you know, I was listening to Roger Miller a lot, and uh, just kind of, you know, you know, he's such a interesting songwriter in such a way with words, oh, yeah. so comedic. And yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his writing. Uh, but this tune in general is just—it's like kind of the one of the themes from the the movie, and it's just a just such a fun little country ditty and. Uh, Sunshine and I both just have been singing it ever since we were little girls, so we thought it'd be fun to to put it to music and do a kind of a combo version of it, uh, which then ended up on this record. All right, well let's take a listen to this. Ooh, did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, Udalali. Udalali. Yeah. So here we go, <laughs> Carol Sills right? combo. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 
Lolly. Uda Lolly. <laughs> Carolyn Sills combo. That is great. That is great. Carolyn, I, I can't let us get away today without telling us about the members of your band because you guys have been together for a long time. Tell us who all yeah, the no, band. Yeah, I'd love to celebrate them. Yeah, so on that uh, sound effect machine you just heard there was Charlie Joe Wallace on that triple neck Fender steel guitar. Um, he also plays Dobro on the record as well. Um, Gerard Egan, of course, my songwriting partner and partner in everything, uh, playing various guitars on this record. Uh, Sunshine Jackson singing harmonies beautifully and playing percussion on everything. And then the great Jimmy Norris holding it all down on the drums. All right. All right. Well, you guys are absolutely great. You are so stinking much fun. And I am going to remind everybody again. Go check out the video for Sam McGee because you are going <laughs> to absolutely love that. And uh, so, Carolyn, I know congratulations again on your Maripolitan nomination. That's fantastic. That's yeah. taking place in Austin, and that's in, is that February? That's in February, yeah. February in Austin. And uh, Mary Kay, you and I may have to take a trip to Austin. Oh, you guys would absolutely love it. It's, it's an amazing yeah. band, amazing musicians. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. We'd highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, but tell folks where they can find the music. Tell folks how they can follow you on your tour schedule. Yeah, so go to carolynsills.com, S-I-L-L-S, and you can get the new record. You can vote for us for the Ameripolitans. You can see where we'll be traveling to. Uh, and we're also obviously online, social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and the new album's on Spotify as well. So however you like to download your music, you know, we got vinyls as well for this, which we're real excited about. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from people, hear what they think of the record. That would be the way to go, would be to get a vinyl and get it signed. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And and uh, I heard vinyl outsold CDs last year for the first time Isn't ever. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, you are absolutely amazing, and uh, you got to call us when you're back in Nashville, okay? Oh, you yeah. know it. I'm taking you guys out. Yeah, we'll let Mary All right. that. She'll oh. get pulled over. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to ride in her car. Anyway, yeah. well, Carolyn, thank you. I'm going to close this out with Good Gracious Alive. Tell us about Good Gracious Alive. Oh, this one's real fun. So uh, I grew up with wonderful grandparents and they had just the most beautiful, you know, old time expressions that I know everyone's heard before, but uh, they mean a lot to me and, you know, were just fun kind of turns of phrase that I've now put into my, you know, daily speaking and people make fun of me sometimes because once again, they're antiquated, but, but they're beautiful. So I wrote this song kind of putting all those phrases together that I used to hear from my grandparents and just thought it would be a, a fun way to kind of remember all those old sayings. So it's called Good Gracious Alive. Good Gracious Alive. Well, it is a great yeah. song. And Carolyn <laughs> Seals, you are a great guest. Look forward to having oh, you back thank again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, thanks so much. Me. You're very well. Sure. Good Gracious Alive. We'll be right back. Good Gracious Alive. Well, what do you know? Let's blow this pop stand.
Cats Cowan is one of the finest public relations people in the city of Nashville, Tennessee. And 12 years ago, when I started this Equestrian Legacy radio thing, I wanted to have a musical guest. I started out with horses and talking horses, and then I wanted a musical guest. And I asked my brother, I said, I'd love to get Michael Mark Murphy on the show. And he told me, he said, I think I'll go to church with his publicist. And so he put me in touch with Lance Cowan, and that began a long relationship uh, with this guy who is one of the finest publicists in the country, not just Nashville. But for a lot of people, they're not aware of the fact that he's a great songwriter and a pretty doggone good singer as well and performs quite often at the Bluebird and other venues around Nashville. We're going to be visiting with Lance Cowan in just a minute, but right now let's take a listen to a great song that Lance did called Blue Highway. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Lance Cowan today on Live from Nashville. Well, I grew up by the side of a blue highway in a town not much more than a wide, wide place Rand McNally never called her name He just traced the curves in the blue highway Well, I guess I've seen most all the 50 states On vacation in station wagons, license plates Lost in wondering how they'd strayed and wound up on this blue highway. That blue highway. You might get lost before you find your way. Though it winds and winds, it always winds up someplace. That blue I was 17 when I got the need to go Cause I'd seen my dreams go rumbling down that road Mama cried, Daddy waved when I pulled out on that blue highway That blue highway You might get lost before you find your way Though it winds and winds, it always winds up someplace, that blue highway. Well, I've chased my dreams down that broken yellow line. Burning up the young years of my life. More and more I miss that place at the far end of this blue highway. That blue highway You might get lost before you find your way But it winds and winds, it always winds up someplace That blue highway Great, great song, Blue Highway, Mr. Lance Cowan 
And Lance, welcome well, to the you, show. Gary. Thank you, Gary. Well, you're... I'm Mary Kay. Hey. Yeah, I love you that. You are song. welcome. You are welcome. Thank well, you, I'm thanks, not going to treat you any me. differently. Yeah, I'm not going to treat you any differently than I do a first-time guest on the air with us. So we have an audience that's listening around the world. So tell us how this Kentucky boy ended up in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, uh, I I guess because I wanted to be a songwriter. So I I came here back in (laughs) 84. And um, like so many others, you can't sing, you know, you can't swing a, a dead cat without hitting a songwriter here. And uh, <laughs> I, I went to the Bluebird one night on a writer's night and um, was just kind of astounded by the talent that I heard. And as I was leaving, it was, I remember it was pouring down rain and I, I came out of the club just kind of amazed by it. And this, I can't remember what kind of car. It was like a restored something, Chevy or something. And and um, out of the pouring rain, John Prine walked up on the oh, sidewalk, wow. and he stood on the stood on the sidewalk and talked to me for 15 minutes or so while he smoked a cigarette. Oh and wow! I thought, this is my kind of club. It's my kind of town, and um, I I thought I'd really found something, and I did. I found something really special there, and they've been so kind to me over the years, and let me play there. You know, fairly regularly. Yeah. Not as not as much as I would like. I'd like to play there every night, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know how that is, Mary Kay. Yes, uh, I do. Uh, well then the nice good thing about you. the Bluebird is they actually pay you something, so that's a good thing too, you know. It's it's Yeah, I don't you know, you I something. haven't been able to to leave my day job because of it, but you know, it's No, nice you're not gonna to, be able to do that. But you know the thing is and I know Mary Kay would say the same thing. If you're not making money and people are paying attention to you, that's really, I swear to goodness, it really is enough. If they, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're playing a song that means something to somebody, there's just nothing greater in the world than that. There's really not. That so, is so you know, true. Let me ask you. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Lance. So, when you were when you were growing up in Kentucky, did you did you do any picking and singing and playing in public, or or did you do some writing back there, or, or what was what was it like for you? Like so many others, uh, you know, I started playing in the church. My guitar okay. teacher, who is a couple years older than me, uh, a, a fellow named Greg Northcutt, he and I, uh, as I got to be a little bit better he would start taking me out on the um the ham and green bean circuit which is what we really? called it <laughs> wow we would play all the we'd play the church banquets and they didn't pay you but they'd feed you ham and green beans uh-huh. and um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um and, and we played and then when we went to college i went to murray state in, in um, murray kentucky and right. started playing the coffee houses there and, um, you know, I just kind of got bit by it. You know, it's something I just love, love doing. And um, I, I began writing a little bit when I was there. And, and honestly, when I, I was not a 
a huge fan of country music. I was more of a West Coast, California country kind of, you know, the Eagles, Jackson Brown, that kind of stuff. And I thought when I came to Nashville, I thought that would be so easy to write country until I got here and started seeing guys (laughs) like Don Schlitz and Paul Overstreet. I thought I've got some education that I need to do. Yeah, i got some learning to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it was real eye opening to see guys like that who in three minutes could tell great stories or, or convey really great thoughts in just three minutes. Just simple. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's and I still love it. You know, I've been here a long time and I still love hearing great writers and great musicians and you know, I feel very blessed to to be able to play some of these these rooms occasionally. Well, uh, one of the guys that's been on this show and uh, has been a friend for a long time is Sam Gay. And you and Sam have yeah. written a lot of stuff together. And, well, uh, as a matter of fact, Blue Highway, Sam and I wrote together. All oh, right. Really? All right. Previous all right. song, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, well, it's a, one it's of my favorite song. human beings on the planet. He's that a good guy. Just, uh, that's awesome. You know, He's an amazing he guy. guy. He's always uh, positive, you know, um, and one of the uh, most amazing wordsmiths I know. He's just, you know, he always can come up with the right thing to say. He's terrific. Well, now, this next song we're going to get to is called This Heart of Mine. So was this a was this a uh, co-write with someone? No, I wrote this one by myself. All right. So do you prefer to write by yourself or do you prefer co-writing? Because I've heard people tell me both ways and I've had people say, I'd rather write with two. I don't like to write with three. So what's your preference? uh, Whatever's working at the moment, to be honest with you. I I find that for me, if I I rely too much on co-writing, it becomes a crutch. And okay. so I, you know, I'll, I'll write half a song and without, and, and then I'll decide, well, I'm not going to finish that. I'm going to share it with, you know, somebody else and see what they can do. And it, and so I think it makes me a little lazier as a writer. So I, I try, I try to write things by myself, but on the other hand, co-writing can bring a different perspective to a song that, you know, a lot of times, uh, I would would not have thought certain direction, and, okay. and Sam is a good example of that because he he thinks outside the box, and so right. it, it, it's important either way, you know. The other thing is when you're co-writing, especially with somebody that that is a friend, this it's one of the most fun experiences you can have, you know, collaborating with a friend. It, it, so mm-hmm. I really love that, yeah, too. So it's kind of interesting because Mary Kay has done primarily, she's written on her own and uh, mm-hmm. she's done some co-writes in the past, but since she's been in Nashville, Mary Kay, you've been doing a lot of co-writing, haven't you? I have. And uh, it's a good, it, it's been a great experience for me to do that. But I, I really relate to what you're saying with the practice of writing on your own as well. You, there, <laughs> There's a there gets to be a point in the song that you're writing that you just need to get up and eat a sandwich and you know you just need to get away from it. 
And it's at uh-huh. it's at that point when you're all by your when you're all by yourself that that song might not ever get written unless you just really grab onto it and make yourself finish it. And uh, yeah. so the good thing about that is when you really work through a song like that, you by the time you write it, you can perform it because you know it so well. During yeah. co-writing, yeah. the, process, the process is faster, but it's more of an effort to really capture the song for performance because it, it just went so much faster. You didn't have to play it 200 times, you know, to get it written. You know, the danger with co-writing for me, too, and I don't know if you feel the same, Mary Kay, is if there are some times that I've co-written songs that I don't feel as emotionally tied to the song as if I write it by yeah. myself. Or, uh, you know, a lot of times with, with Sam and, and a friend of mine, Terry Clayton, who I have written a lot with, and Dave Mallon, you know, I feel like I feel a lot of ownership in the song just in the way that we write together. But sometimes mm-hmm. I've co-written and I don't, you know, it's at the end of the session, it may be a good song, but I don't feel as emotionally tied to it. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I, that's important to me to feel like I've, I've, you know, got a tie to the song myself. That's Definitely. selfish, I guess. Yeah. No, well, this, is a song, this is a song that you wrote yourself. And it's called This Heart of Mine. Can you tell us how this song came to be? You know, I used to have a routine when before I got married that I would uh, I would come in a lot of times after seeing another band play or listening to a new album or something, and I would I would start about eleven o'clock at night and turn all the lights off but one at a desk, and I would just sit there and try and find something that seemed to work. And and this song was written probably in about thirty minutes doing wow. exactly that. I just sat down with a cup of coffee and, and a and a desk lamp and and played it till I got it. And of course it gets refined over the years. It, you know, it, it you still kind of polish on it. But um yeah there's this this no particular uh personal experience. It just seemed to work in the song. All right. Well this is this heart of mine. It's Lance Cowan. He's our special guest today on live from Nashville. Everybody tells me to just rest easy Cause they don't believe it should take much time Everybody tells me I'll find another But they don't know this heart of mine Everybody tells me you're leaving will help me It's for the best they say i find But all this they see is their own situation And they don't know this heart of mine This heart of mine is forever This heart of mine is for sure Though you're gone I This heart is mine, still yours. Boy, everybody tells me they know what I'm feeling. They've all felt worse pain to 
so easily that if if I have, you know, if I could turn all the lights off and just that one, I can focus more on the paper. But uh, if I've got a TV or something in the background, it can, (laughs) it can make it a little tougher for me. Oh, I, yes, I totally understand. Do you, You do you write that same way or do you, do you kind of, do you have a routine that you use to write? Gosh, you know, I have um, attention deficit disorder. So Gary can tell you, I will start my day by setting (laughs) projects up all over the house. I've literally taken over. We have a five-bedroom house. I have three of the bedrooms. Plus I (laughs) – so as we we speak, I've got my mending set out. I've got some of my other business stuff. I I work in stations. So – when I do my most productive writing, I actually get my guitar out and set it on the bed with my lyric notebook, and then I will return to it through the day. And then at some point, I really have to sit down and kind of hammer it, hammer through it over and over again. But that's kind of mm-hmm. my process. It's rather agonizing. Do most, <laughs> do most of your songs come over a period of time, or do you are they? fast or does it just depend on the song i you know they in the past i've written towards an album concept and so i Mm -hmm. i usually think of a of a title that i that interests me or a concept that i want to say or a bit of history that i'd like to write into a story but i have to tell Mm -hmm. you um listening to the song um this heart of mine and you're uh, in blue highway we're we're getting a real taste of your songwriting today, but one thing that I noticed about the music coming out of Nashville, and I noticed this when I started writing, you know, 10 years ago and I came to visit Nashville, is that 
Nashville has perfected the art of saying something important and universal in three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And and that is the magic of country music as we as we know it. You think of um, pop music is more about the groove and the vibe. And to the to this point in my career, Western music has allowed me a really big playground with with um, different ideas, and I've not been fettered by worrying about song length or about um, playability or marketability marketability of the song. And I've appreciated that freedom. But there really is an art to writing a hit country song. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was in the audience um, for, it was 10 years ago, listening to um, Alan Jackson singing Itty Bitty. Is that the name of the song, Itty Bitty? Yeah, Itty Bitty, the Tom T. Hall song. Oh, my goodness. The whole stadium was singing that song. And I thought that is the power of, of really honing your skills to getting such a universal, fun, relatable song written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the greatest thing in the world would be to have an audience like that singing. I, I worked at at one point. I worked with Poco, and I went to see them one night. And um, and Rusty Young started to sing "Crazy Love," and the crowd took it over from him. Wow! Oh, you know wow. it happens all the time. And he just laughed and stepped away from the mic. And I thought, is there anything greater than that? As a songwriter and an artist, is there anything greater than that? I mm-hmm. I can't imagine it. You know, I, you I reminded me, though, uh, Bob Dylan said once, uh, the advice he gave was, because Nashville is a town of songwriters and, and we're, you know, the town is known for really, you know, <laughs> we have a history of great songwriters here. And Dylan said, "Go to Nashville and learn how they write in Nashville, and leave before you before you write like they do in Nashville." <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a fine line <laughs> because you don't want to. Uh, you, you still want to be original. You still want to right. have originality mm-hmm. in your work, and um, right. and it, it's really easy to fall into the trap of formulas and writing formulas. I I, I ended a publishing deal years ago and for the next year I struggled to find another publisher and I was writing for other people and I hated everything I was writing because I wasn't writing for me and at the end of the day I I tend to think I write for me first you know Um, I I have I feel like I want to love what I'm writing and I wasn't so nowadays and, and luckily I have a career that that pays the bills that I don't have to write to please other people, I, I write what I love to write. So that gives you the freedom, freedom to that. do that. Yeah, gives yeah. you the freedom to do that. Yeah. I'm going to get to another song. Then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the job that pays the bills for you. But this is called okay. Little Johnny Pierce. Tell us about Little Johnny Pierce. Well, this is a song that I wrote with my one of my oldest songwriting buddies, I love this guy. He's based out of uh, out of Berea, Ohio, which is just outside of Cleveland. And Terry and I met 
before I even met my wife. He was he became a roommate. He would come down every couple of weeks and stay with me when uh, when he was down riding, uh, which is a great setup because you know they also shared the rent. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, but uh, I, I love this guy to death. He's a, he's a great guy named Kerry Clayton, and um, and the song is based on when, growing up in Calvert City, Kentucky. A uh, guy down the street back when I was a kid took his lawnmower and he mowed a peace sign in his front yard. And, oh, wow. you know, it's kind of radical at the time. You know, it, it was uh, at the tail end of the Vietnam War. And and I told Terry about that. And, okay. and uh, so we wrote this song, uh, Little Johnny Pierce, based on, on the guy down the street whose name was uh, – his last name was Pierce. All right, Changed well, let's take name. a listen. And and interestingly take... enough, this guy's name is on the Vietnam veteran wall too. So. Oh wow! Wow. Anyway. Well, this is Who's Little it? Johnny Pierce. We're talking with Lance Cowan today on live from Nashville, heard around the world on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most streaming platforms. Just search for. Equestrian Legacy Radio. Little Johnny Pierce grew his hair long. He sat on his front porch. Singing Dylan songs And all the neighbors wondered What the hell was going on When he mowed the peace sign Right into his parents' front lawn Got to nip this thing before it grows much worse. They said, Johnny, get your head out of the clouds and come down to earth. But they couldn't see through his linen glasses that he did not hear their words. Is it all just a passing fad, this talk of love and brotherhood? Oh, if it was 
blessed to know some great musicians in my life but that was uh everything except the guitar and my vocal and, uh, and uh, a couple of other instruments the, the, it was produced by a guy named dan dugmore up at his place up in jolton and dan for those who don't recognize his name for years was the uh, james taylor's pedal steel player and linda ronstadt's pedal steel player and here in town he's He's among the most highly sought-after pedal steel players in Nashville now. Wow. But um, I, I gave the uh, rough tracks to my friend Mark Elliott, who is a super uh, songwriter and uh, producer himself. And he kind of sweetened it up for me a few weeks ago, added a, a couple of harmonies and and uh, just tinkered with it a bit and, and got it sounding the way it is now. But, yeah, I... I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so uh, amazed that so many of these musicians are available and are willing to play with me on these tracks. You know, some of the ones you played have had people like, you know, Pat Flynn, who is a, an amazing guitar player with Newgrass Revival. Right. Sam Bush right. plays yeah. on a few of the tracks. Uh, Dave Palmer was a bass player that I've had on a lot of these. Pat McInerney. Uh, Jay Turner. I've, had, I've been so blessed to have top-notch players on these things. Um, <laughs> they're all friends of mine as well, so that's kind of cool too. But that I did want to point out cool. Dan Dugmore because I was a fan of his as a player long before I ever met him. Wow! Well, did he well, well. did he produce the did he produce that track? So did he do yes. the yeah. You know, it's it's kind of cool, but, and, and this is what creative musicians do. Dan had just gotten his his studio. He was putting it together when we did that, and he didn't have a, a drum kit there, so he, he plays a cardboard box on that. That's the drum wow. cardboard box. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. The vibe, wow. the vibe you got from that song is just so cool. You do, you kind of feel the James Taylor feel to it, you know. It has this one part that that Dan and Dan says. I think I think this is kind of magic about him. He he says he shoots from the hip when he plays, and he really does because it's so live feeling. Uh, but there's one part in it where he just starts. I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but it just kind of swings, you know. The, his playing uh-huh. just moves it into a, a really cool groove, and that's just that's a musician who knows what they're doing. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Well, Lance Cowan, you have been in this town for what thirty plus years? Thirty plus years. I hate to say it, but it's more like forty. Next year will be my fortieth anniversary in Nashville. Oh wow! 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 Old man. Wow! I hadn't realized <laughs> you were that old. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you're still a, you're still a young guy. But anyway, you you have you have you know everybody in the music business, but you have represented some of the outstanding guys. I know Joe Ely is one that you have represented maybe the longest. Uh, yeah, since 19, 1988, in one capacity or another, I've worked with Joe. Wow. But how did, how did you? Remarkable. I was gonna I worked as a journalist when I first came to town. I ended up working for the, the now defunct newspaper, the Nashville Banner. I was their Williams okay. County correspondent. But I realized that I was gonna starve to death working for the Nashville Banner. And um mm-hmm. I went one night and this is rich right back to the Bluebird. I went to the Bluebird to hear somebody play and I met this girl at the bar uh, who was a vice president at the Country Music Hall of Fame. And we were talking, and she suggested that I call Liz Fields at Network Inc. She said she thought they were looking for a publicist. So I called Liz, and Liz had me come in the next day, and uh, she hired me that day. And oh, wow. My, and Liz represented... Reba McIntyre, Charlie Daniels, Ralph Emery, uh, Randy, Ricky Van Shelton, and my first my first job as a that I was responsible publicist was Newgrass Revival, which was oh wow, Pat Bland, Sam Bush, John Cowan, yeah. and Bela Fleck. Yeah. And after I worked for, with Liz for a year. Uh, their management asked me to move over to work for them, and that we there we represented Newgrass Revival, Nancy Griffith, and Steve Warner, and that Very nice. wow. for ten years I worked there. But um, it, it was working there that I that we started working with Joe Ely, and um, through the years we you know Ken ended up he had. Still, and still does have one of the greatest rosters in town. Kent's a really remarkable manager. But he, at the time, we managed uh, those three. Eventually, managed Lyle Lovett. Uh, we managed Los Lobos to a degree. Holly Dunn. Uh, it, it was a really great place to learn oh, more wow. about the business, you know, than just publicity. But I was the liaison. Between um, label publicity, or uh, you know, or I did the publicity for the artist myself. And Joe Ely is an artist. I took care of his publicity. 
and worked real closely with MCA Records on on the publicity uh, plan. So when Ken left his his um, management company briefly to start Rising Tide Records, I I hung out my shingle, and my first client was a a guy named Clarence Gatemouth Brown. Uh, who was a blues legend. He, at the time, he was the opening act for Eric Clapton, but yeah. his legend, yeah. you know, goes back, you know, years and years. He, you know, he he is a remarkable guy. And um, from there, Stan Bush had me do work for him, and and um, Joe Ely, of course, uh, worked with him. And I've, I've had an awfully eclectic little roster from from those guys to the Burrito Brothers to Scotty Moore and DJ Fontana, which was a thrill working with those guys. You know, Scotty wow. was Elvis Presley's first guitar player and and um, actually managed Elvis for three years before Colonel Tom took over. Uh, wow. He, he wouldn't let yeah. me. He would never let me mention Colonel Tom in his presence. <laughs> wow! I bet. Wow! <laughs> he did not like Colonel Tom much. <laughs> uh, I imagine. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the but most humble had, uh, guys you ever yeah, met you've had, was Scotty Moore. You had, yeah. So you had like the Kentucky Head Headhunters, uh, Michael right. Martin Murphy, uh, working yeah. with a good friend of ours, R.W. Hampton, right now. And uh, yeah, and yeah. I've been with R.W. A, ten years now. Wow. Ten years with R. W. Wow. Hampton. Can you believe he's put we up with me him. that long? I can't believe he's <laughs> put up with R. W. that long. No, I can't believe no, he's a, <laughs> anyway. But you, you know, have, there are a few have, people that, that I've worked with that I can't think of a negative thing to say about them. And R. W. you know, Joe, I I've been so blessed because uh, on one hand I get to deal with these creative, wonderful people, but on the other hand, they don't realize that I'm sitting here trying to learn from them. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, when you see masters of, of their craft like they are, you know, I, I just sit here and am amazed that I, that I know these guys and that, you know, that I get to work with them. It's a remarkable <laughs> blessing. I love that. It is pretty cool. Well, I'm going to get to at- another song. I'm going to get to another song. Then we're going to come back and visit some more with Mr. Lance Callen. But this song is The Way She Wears Her Smile. Tell us about this one. Well, my friend Mike Mahaffey will be thrilled to hear you you play that one. Um, Mike Mahaffey and I wrote this song together years and years ago. And um, Alan Reynolds, who produces um, who produced Garth Brooks for years, he, he was my publisher on that song. And he produced okay. this track. And um, it's, you know, I've always loved the song. It's one of the few <laughs> positive, positive messages. You know, I kind of, I don't know about you, Mary Kay, but I I, I have a real love for darker songs. <laughs> this, is not a, this is not a dark song. This was a real uh, a positive uh, love song. I love, and, yeah, and, that's um, awesome. The name, right, the, the well, title makes you want to listen to it. All right. Well, Good. let's I listen to it. I hope everybody feels that way. Let's, let's listen to <laughs> yeah. it around the world. Lance Cowan, The Way She Wears Her Smile.
she's got a way of making people stop and stare. The way she wears a brand new dress, the way she wears her hair. The quiet way she wears a strand of pearls or diamond rings, a ragged baggy sweatshirt, or faded. Reminds me, I got to call Mike Mahaffey and do some more writing with him. He's a terrific writer. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you know, you might want to do some writing with Mary Kay Hope. That might be fun too. Not a bad idea at all. Just suggesting that right now, Mary Kay. That's right. Yeah, we 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 need to set that up. Yeah, I would love to. uh, Absolutely love to. But Lance, you have been so much fun to visit with. Such a good, good guy, and again. For the Thank people you. that are listening out there, one of the most talented publicists in Nashville, and just always a joy to visit and talk with. So give us your website so people can find out more about Lance Cowan and, and your clients and who you're working with. Well, I have two websites. The I would appreciate everybody going to LanceCowanMusic.com. Uh, that's where okay. my songs are and where you can, you know, some people could buy them. You know, <laughs> just just saying, a good just idea. Thing. Yeah, just music dot com. I do have a media website. It's primarily for for press. Uh, LanceCowanMedia dot com that takes you to my clients' um, information. But uh, for me, it's the music. It's LanceCowanMusic dot com. 
right. And, um, so and you had mentioned the, uh, where I'm on playing. I just booked this, yeah. what I think is going to be a great show, um, Thursday night, November the 16th at Starstruck Farms in Gallatin. And oh, yeah. Me, uh, uh, Steve Leslie and Dan Modlin. Uh, Dan is a new friend of mine. I played with him up in Bowling Green this past week. And um, and Steve and Dan and I are going to play up there. And of course, that's Reba's old horse barn that they yeah. converted right, into right. a venue. Right so there I'm on really 109. Right there on 109, yeah. just before you go into Gallatin, between uh, yeah. between the interstate and Gallatin, Tennessee. So that'd be a cool deal. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm right. equally have been so excited about a chance to talk to you two, and um, I can't thank you enough for having me on. It means a lot to me. Well, thank you're you. welcome. Thanks it for thanks for joining us and sharing. Thanks for joining us. And then Mary, Mary Kay, let's get together and find a time to write. Yeah, you know I've already <laughs> been thinking of ideas. All right. Yeah. All right. That's great. You guys can talk about that after the show. But right now, we're going <laughs> to close this deal up with this last song, Lance, is Home With You. Tell us about Home With You. That's another one of those I wrote sitting there in my in the quiet of my living room with, um, with a know, light my, on. My wife, yeah, my wife, when we met, she she worked for the state and she traveled across the state and, uh, and and I guess it's probably written uh, more from, you know, somebody who's traveling and away from home, but, but my heart was with her. Yeah. And I guess that's where this came, came from. Uh, again, this was, this was produced by Jim Rooney and Alan Reynolds. Wow. Uh, who wow. Jim Rooney produces, uh, produced John Prine and Nancy Griffith. And Alan oh, nice. was um, Garth's producer. So, again, wow. one of those fortuitous meet, uh, bunch of guys that I had a chance to play with. And I think that's Chris Lusinger playing guitar on that, who's Garth's guitar Very player. Very cool. Wow. Great musicians, well, this great is a, producers. Yeah, this is, this is a great song. You just mentioned John Prine and Nancy Griffith, both gone too soon, I think. Way too soon, but, yes. Um, Well, this is Lance Cowan, Home With You. We'll be back in just a moment on Live from Nashville. Lance, thanks so much for being with us today. No, thank you guys so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Our pleasure. It's raining.
With you, Mr. Lance Cowan. Mary Kay, it was so much fun talking with Carolyn Seals today and talking with Mr. Lance Cowan today. Both such talented people. I've loved our conversations today. I hope the audience I hope our audience does too, you know, and looks up our these wonderful artists. Well, I hope so. And uh, Carolyn Seals out in California and of course her album. On the Draw has just released, so that is a great one to pick up. And uh, uh, be sure and visit her website and follow her tour schedule. And uh, Lance Cowan, such a good guy and a talented publicist oh, yeah. and a great singer-songwriter as well. So LanceCowanMusic.com and LanceCowanMedia.com. So you can find all kinds of information right there as well. Yeah. Well, you have you you know you're getting to be a really good co-host, darling. I just have to congratulate you. <laughs> Thanks. You're Thank a you. really good co-host. I guess I'll keep you. What do you think? Oh, oh, good, good. I'm, I'm okay. glad. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to close out the show today with a song that you've done, and people can find this on your website, MaryKHolt.com. So you might want to go and download this song after the show is over with today. But it's a beautiful song called Unbecoming. Mary Kay, we will talk to you in just a little while, darling. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Wish I'd never started wearing a life that wasn't mine. Trying to meet the expectations 
putting all a pretty on to cover what was never wrong till I didn't even recognize the stranger I'd become. So I'm gonna be. I did. 